0: This message comes from NPR sponsor, Progressive Insurance, where drivers who switch could save hundreds on car insurance. Get your quote at Progressive.com today. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates.
1: We've been here before, 21 times. Depending on how you count, that is how many U.S. government shutdowns have taken place since 1976. Four of those in just the last 10 years. Which might be why, even though current spending laws expire at the stroke of midnight Saturday night... Washington seems to be focused elsewhere.
2: The Committee on Oversight and Accountability will come to order.
1: Republicans began their impeachment inquiry into President Biden Thursday.
0: Today, the House Oversight Committee will examine over two dozen pieces of evidence.
1: The White House calls the hearing a stunt designed to distract from the looming shutdown. And President Biden, for his part, delivered a speech on threats to democracy in Phoenix on Thursday. It included a shot at Republicans on the budget standoff.
2: Extremists in Congress more determined to shut down the government to burn the place down and let the people's business be done.
1: This edition of the shutdown fight is driven by a small group of House Republicans. They've pressured House Speaker Kevin McCarthy to abandon a deal made earlier this year with the White House and hold out for deeper spending cuts and stricter immigration policies. Prospects for a deal before the deadline don't look good, according to Mark Goldwine, a top policy official at the Committee for a Responsible Federal Budget.
2: So we surveyed 100 um, top budget experts, and they think there's an 87% chance of a shutdown.
1: If the government does hit that deadline this weekend, you might not notice it instantly. At any
2: given time, most people won't feel a shutdown, unless you're living here in Washington, D.C., because most of government keeps running.
1: But if the shutdown lasts?
2: The longer shutdowns go, the more disruptive they are. Because
1: everybody eventually is going to need to apply for something, whether it's a passport or whether it's a benefit program. Consider this. The government shutdown fight isn't just political theater. We'll look at who bears the real-world consequences. From NPR, I'm Ari Shapiro. It's Thursday, September 28th. This message comes from NPR sponsor, the Capital One Venture X Card. Earn unlimited 2X miles on everything you buy. Plus, get access to a $300 annual credit for bookings through Capital One Travel. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. Details at CapitalOne.com. This message comes from NPR sponsor, BetterHelp. If you had an extra hour in the day, how would you use it? BetterHelp Online Therapy can help you figure out what's most important to you so you can prioritize it. Learn to make time for what makes you happy. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Visit betterhelp.com NPR today to get 10% off your first month.
0: This message comes from NPR sponsor Mint Mobile. From the gas pump to the grocery store, inflation is everywhere. So Mint Mobile is offering premium wireless starting at just $15 a month. To get your new phone plan for just $15, go to mintmobile.com slash switch.
1: It's Consider This from NPR. Many government shutdowns in recent decades have been short, just a day or two. Others have stretched into weeks. By the way, Congress still gets paid if the government shuts down. But the longer a shutdown lasts, the more its effects ripple out into the economy and into people's lives. We're going to talk with three NPR reporters about what will happen if the government hits the shutdown deadline this weekend, starting with Selena Simmons-Duffin, who covers health policy for us. Hey, Selena. Hi, Ari. Okay. if the government does shut down this weekend... What impact is that going to have on people who depend on federal benefits for food and other assistance?
3: Okay, so SNAP benefits, which used to be known as food stamps, would not be affected in the short term. So people should still receive their October benefits, be able to buy their groceries as usual. Nothing changes there. But perhaps the most dramatic immediate impact would be for families that rely on another food program called WIC, which stands for Women, Infants and Children. And that would be cut off within days of a shutdown, according Mm -hmm. to the Agriculture Secretary, Tom Vilsack, who spoke with NPR yesterday.
2: uh, nearly 7 million pregnant moms, postpartum moms, and children under the age of six. Nearly 50% of all young children in the country participate in this program. When there is a shutdown, uh, within a matter of days, benefits are cut off to these families.
3: Now, the impact on WIC would likely be staggered because some states might have carryover funds or might be able to use their own state funds to keep things going for a little bit. Other programs that could be affected include Head Start, which supports little three- and four-year-old kids, and Meals on Wheels, which brings food to the elderly, and that could get interrupted as well. And then there's federal workers themselves who would have to go without a paycheck. The Capital Area Food Bank here in Washington told me it's preparing for as many as 100,000 federal workers to need food assistance if the government shuts down.
1: Wow. Well, let's bring in NPR Pentagon correspondent Tom Bowman. Tom, you've been looking at what a shutdown would mean for the U.S. military. What is the headline there?
2: Well, some 1.3 million active military personnel will have to keep working and not get paid, along with, get this, more than 400,000 Defense Department civilians Their last paycheck will be on Friday if there is a shutdown that begins over the weekend. Now, beyond the potential for no paychecks after Friday, there are some other problems for the military. The military commissaries on bases, which are basically like neighborhood grocery stores with good prices, most of them will close around the country but remain open overseas. Now, the USAA, which is the United States Automobile Association, which provides insurance and banking services for active military and veterans, has said it will provide no-interest loans and also extensions for loan and credit card payments for its members. The big issue, of course, Ari, is if there's a shutdown, how long does it last?
1: And these people who might stop getting their paychecks live in communities that uh, depend on service members spending the money they earn. So how might that ripple out beyond the armed forces? Well, there's
2: no question there'll be ripples in the event of a shutdown in certain areas with large numbers of military personnel. Get these numbers. California, 163,000. Virginia, 129,000. Uh, Texas, 114,000, and then North Carolina, Florida, Georgia each have tens of thousands of military personnel. Mm. And there are clusters of military folks in these states around bases and other facilities. So, you know, a lot of people will be going to restaurants, bars, their military areas. So you'll see tattoo parlors, motorcycle shops. And the other thing people talk to me about is, you know, young military families living off base, they could over time have trouble making ends meet, buying groceries, child care costs, and they might put off purchases like clothing, car repairs, things like that, which would of course hurt local businesses. Again, if this shutdown happens and then Does it continue for weeks or longer?
1: Yeah, and this could obviously impact the U.S. economy as a whole. NPR's David Gura has been looking at that. David, I know you've been examining the impact of past shutdowns. What have you learned?
0: Yeah, the most recent shutdown bridged 2018 and 2019. It was during the Trump administration, and it was the longest shutdown on record. It went on for 35 days. And uh, I'll just note here, it was a bit different than, than this shutdown. HHS wasn't affected. The Defense Department wasn't either. The funding was separate there. Even still, 800,000 federal workers were furloughed. The Congressional Budget Office says it delayed about $18 billion worth of spending. It affected economic growth. GDP in those two quarters already was fractionally lower, between 0.1% and 0.2% lower than what economists expected.
1: And as you mentioned, that last shutdown went on for longer than a month. What would change if we were to see a shorter shutdown, like a few days or a week versus those 35 days last time? It would be a big difference. As Tom said just
0: a minute ago, uh, this is the big issue here how long this shutdown lasts if we get one. The longer it lasts, the greater the negative impact on both the U.S. economy and on U.S. financial markets. In in a new note, the ratings agency Moody says it expects a short shutdown this time around and one that would have, quote, limited ramifications for the broader U.S. economy and GDP. Past is prologue, but something different this time around is the economy is already facing a host of headwinds. The Federal Reserve has been trying to cool down the economy to fight high inflation, and as a result, growth is slowing. On top of that, energy prices are going up. Russia and Saudi Arabia recently agreed to extend production cuts. That could push up gas prices, which of course has a big impact on how people feel about the economy and on their willingness to spend. And in just a few days, tens of millions of Americans will have to start repaying their student loans. So while there is all this optimism about the Fed achieving that soft landing – getting high inflation under control without triggering a recession, there are a lot of factors that could make the Fed's job even more difficult. A shutdown would be another one. And very quickly here, something else that could complicate things is if there were a shutdown, the agencies that collect and distribute the data the Fed relies upon could be closed. That may sound like a small thing. Some data. But the Fed has said and continues to say it's making its decisions about interest rate hikes based on those economic data. Jobs numbers for the month of September, they're supposed to be released next Friday. New inflation data the week after that. At that point, we're getting very close to the Fed's next meeting, which is scheduled to start on Halloween, October 31st.
1: Okay, so there are a lot of unknowns. There are a lot of reasons to be concerned. But there are also some things that Americans don't need to worry about, even if there is a shutdown. So, Selena, let's turn back to you for. A sigh of relief. 67 million Americans rely on Social Security checks. Those will keep going out, right? What about Medicare and Medicaid? Will people be able to keep seeing the doctor?
3: Yes, that is a little bit of good news. Um, so people who get health insurance or even health care from the federal government, whether that's through Medicare or the Indian Health Service or VA healthcare, they shouldn't have any interruptions because of a shutdown. So everyone out there who uses these programs, you can still go to the doctor. You can still make appointments. And HHS says it has enough money to keep paying states for Medicaid and CHIP. That's the Children's Health Insurance Program. At least they have enough for a few months, which is good because around ninety million low income people rely on those health insurance programs. Again, those programs should not be affected, assuming that it doesn't the shutdown doesn't last for more than a few months, um, which is pretty unlikely. But it is not all good news on this front. I should say one area of concern is community health centers. Those are basically safety net primary care clinics that get their funding from federal grants. And that funding would likely be disrupted by a shutdown. Some clinics um, are going to local news. They're talking to their Congress members and warning that they may need to cut back on services or staff, depending, again, on the timing of the possible shutdown and how long it lasts.
1: So much depends on how (laughs) long it lasts. (laughs) NPR's Selena Simmons Duff. David Gura and Tom Bowman. So nice to have all three of you here in the studio. Great to be here. Thanks. Great
3: to be here. Thank you.
1: If you want to hear more stories like the ones on Consider This, check out All Things Considered, our afternoon news show. It's a mix of deep dives like this one, along with more stories you'll want to hear. Visit npr.org slash considered to stream it live every afternoon, seven days a week. It's Consider This from NPR. I'm Ari Shapiro.
0: At this year's Oscars, Oppenheimer took home the award for Best Picture, Emma Stone and Robert Downey Jr. also picked up wins, and Ryan Gosling brought the Kennergy. For a recap of all the highlights,
3: listen to the Pop Culture Happy Hour podcast from NPR.